Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by comedian Mark Watson, his brother Paul, uh, author and journalist, who have done a marvellous thing. And they explained, uh, and you can get involved as you'll discover very shortly. That was good fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Do you want me to say what else was on? Or do yeah, you we, had, we had a, a, a Paul came up with, uh, he took Cruyff or Binney a step further. People yeah. said it couldn't be done, but yeah. he did it. I did. And it was marvellous. We had some classic clips of the midweek from 2008, and they were, there's one absolute standout featuring <laughs> our now England correspondent, which I think you'll enjoy, and blind Dave Healy, OBE, joined us yeah, as well. Great man, isn't he? Yeah, and, but there's a new invention that could transform his life as a blind runner. He was on great form. I think that's it. We had a bit oh, of a chat. A cameo as well. From, oh, yeah. From and what, introducing yeah. a new star of radio. <laughs> Listen out for it. You, it's not the last you've heard of her. Put it that way. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Yes, I watched, uh, had the goals show on the phone. Right. And I had Cambridge United at Cheltenham on the laptop. And I, I follow, was it I follow? I follow, yeah. And, uh, What's and the cover? I mean, I've not, I've, I've, I've heard all the stories. There's this story about AI cameras that focus on the bald head of the linesman. And uh, has, that, has that been going on? So for Barrow at home, it was quite rainy. And obviously, if they only have one camera, yeah. they can't cut to another camera for the cameraman to get the cloth. And, and <laughs> so just, you, you know, see the cloth so you come see on? see the cloth come on the camera, yeah. yeah I like that. It's quite hard sometimes at these grounds to to really get the corner flag. You know, really, you can sense the cameraman is really leaning back to try and get the, the corner flag in for, for set pieces. But I know it's been pretty seamless. And, and uh, yeah, 95th minute. It's good commentary, I take it. Yeah, yeah. You have the local, the local radio commentary. Oh, OK. That's what we have, so that's great. Fair enough. And, um, but I had that on silence because obviously... We, Mrs. Rushton had the Bake Off final on the TV. <laughs> and Paul Mullen equalised in the 95th minute. And yeah. we really deserved something from this game. And the players were very angry with the ref. But I couldn't quite see why because I didn't have the commentary. So I wasn't sort of half following it. Yeah. But when he equalised, I really did a sort of double fist pump and cheer. And genuinely, Jamie thought I was celebrating, I think it was Pits of Peter's Walnut Whips or something <laughs> like that. So what a, it's not that great. The, yeah. the marshmallow's a bit flat. You wouldn't punch was, the air of watching Bake Off. <laughs> no, no. You won it. I, say, no, I, I guess think so. yeah, I'm yeah. not that passionate about pastry-based goods, but I mean, for lower league fans, I'm talking. We'll talk to the CEO in, in a second. Remember yeah. about fans getting back into grounds. That is really important. But for someone like me, who's sort of a, essentially a plastic Cambridge United fan now, yeah. because I still play on a Saturday on a Tuesday, you know, 
had had fans been able to get into Wadden Road, um, I wouldn't have been there last night. You know, I can't I can't claim to say I would have gone to Cheltenham last night. But that has been really good for me, actually. I think for lots of fans who don't normally go, yeah, it's, got, it's a tenner, and that you know. To have this thing that you didn't have before, to see your side. Yeah. And, you know, the, the last two games, I had this last-minute equaliser, which I was over the moon about. And on Saturday, last Saturday past, we let in a 96th-minute equaliser to Barrow, and I was on an exercise bike. And I just sort of, like, <laughs> I just fell into my hands with depression about it. Well, but that was good. But I enjoyed the, you know, the Champions League stuff as well, which yeah, arguably well, I, more listeners are more interested well, in. Well, I went first half, I watched Manchester United, but, I mean, fair play to them, they ceased to make it a contest by half-time. Sure. So I then went to the goal show and, and, and uh, watched that instead. But United were good last night. I mean, yeah. they really, it's only van der Beek, you know. I mean, let's, let's get him some more starts. He's great yeah, on the ball. I completely I mean, they agree. Were, they were very, very good. And if him and Fernandes do well, I was Jonathan Wilson chatting to him this morning. He was just saying, look, you know, we, we didn't learn a lot about Manchester United yesterday because if they score early yeah. and teams have to come at them, exactly, it's different. What they can't do is break down a team that are being stubborn, yeah. which Istanbul were in the away game and, and you know, which West Brom were on Saturday. How do you feel, Paul, about the the stuttered penalty run-up? The stuttered run-up. I, I thought, well, you know, when it was Rashford, he thought, ah, oh, we won't have a special run-up. And yeah. then he, he sort of paid homage in you've, his own way. You've to got Bruno. to be careful because uh, if you stutter too much um, they, they and you check, I mean, I remember um, Sonny getting pulled up for scoring a penalty in a game for that reason because, you know, the, that thing is a stuttered run-up, you know, because you're not allowed to stop. Sure, you, it's got sure. to be a continuous movement. And if you are stuttering, it is quite hard. A referee or VAR could look at it and say, that's a physical stop, it's not a stutter. Because that's the sort of thing VAR does. Absolutely. And then rule the goal out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do... I'm always continually impressed by penalty takers who don't really look at the ball. I yeah. know about you, but if I run up to a ball, if I'm not looking at it, the chances of me actually kicking it are quite slim. Just staring at the keeper, I find quite mesmerising. Yeah. I like those meat and potatoes. One of the great penalty takers, probably before your time, is a guy called Ray Stewart who played right. for West Ham. Is he the sort of Dean Saunders... Uh, Julian Dix style. Well, he, well, I mean, he was just—he was one of the best penalty takers I've ever seen. The West Ham fans would tell you, put it down. He wouldn't look at the keeper. It was like it was almost saying, "I get out of the way, mate, because you ain't stopping this." <laughs> there is much and you know what I'm going to—I'm going to hit it incredibly hard into a top corner. You don't know which one yet, but even if you guess which one it is, you ain't going to get there. There is one Julian Dix one that takes Peter Schmeichel into the net with him. I think yeah. it's sort of such power in it. Did you? Um, in the Chelsea game, did you hear the screams of Gomez? Like when Giroud scored. And the, the screams of Gomez. Yeah. That's like something from... Uh, <laughs> it's like a sci-fi. The screams of Gomez. Game of Thrones. The screams of Gomez. Honestly, when Giroud scored, yeah. it sort of sounded like Saw or Wolf Creek. Like the, It was just like he was in such agony and yeah. desperation. I, mean, I suppose it matters, that's been it? That's been one of the worst. I'm sure a lot of the old school hard men of football... I'm sure Ron Harris watches crowd-free football... And here's these, you know, a nothing tackle goes in a tap mm. on the ankle, and you hear the player go. <laughs> I mean, Ron, he must sit there. The, you know, those the guys of that vintage must say, "Why are you screaming at Although, me?" I mean, because we don't hear that when the crowds are there. No, do we? no. But I think what players have learned is, you know, when I'd say referees react to it. I yeah, think they, yeah, I think they do. But twenty years ago, a player would have to roll around 
to get yeah. the attention. Yeah. But obviously, anyone who's fallen over and hurt themselves knows that you don't roll around, do you? You stay <laughs> you very still. To, so yeah. the players have caught on to that. Yeah. And now they fall over in a heap and stay so still that yeah. you think, oh, maybe there's a problem. But there isn't. I, I, <laughs> rarely, rarely, rarely is there I, I, a, a question problem. for you, Paul. This is oh, uh, yeah. this is day, this is day thirteen, possibly in a row for yeah, me. Yeah, day twelve every or thirteen. Day for thirteen days, and yeah. I don't feel. I feel like I've got a lot to offer today. And really? I'm really hoping it'll be you know one of my best shows. But I have got quite a big spot in between my eyebrows. Which Do my, you think that? Yeah, I've, well, my I've, wife you know, I've not noticed it. But now I can light, see it now. Yeah, I can see it now. My yeah. wife said it looks a bit like an on-off button. So like, <laughs> if at any point, if at any point, you, you know, you're tired of of me, I was just to come and just. Like, the trouble is now. It's all I can look at. <laughs> I'm looking at your third eye. I, the line of symmetry down the face is a terrible place to get. You know, the end yeah. of the nose, all right. But it is right there, isn't it? I mean, it? it's. I think that's going to get quite right. I think, I think you'll be I, able to, as the days I, go three on. Three o'clock, you can have a go of that in the toilet was, mirror. I, there was Sorry, a, if you're having I your was, lunch. I was by the sitting way. in for. I think I was sitting in for Jim at some point. Yeah. Perry was on all week. And I had a really big spot on my nose, and by the end of the week, it had its own Twitter account. So yeah, I mentioned <laughs> on Twitter that I had a, a big spot, and someone replied, "Going, has it been offered a show on Talk Sport?" <laughs> yes, tomorrow it'll be you it? and the spot on the end of my Who's in between my eyebrows. Now yeah. let's very quickly set something up because oh, yes. um, we, Jim and the guys were talking about that Zlatan and Gareth Bale uh, not happy with um, uh, the, the FIFA at the moment about overimage rights. But there was there was a day when you didn't use the real names of people, sure. of course, and that's how you got round it. Yeah, wasn't I think it? there were still games where they don't have the rights but I distinctly remember in the 90s I think it might have been Lotus Esprit Turbo Challenge that yeah. didn't have the rights it wasn't even Formula 1 cars but you could play as Nigel Mainsail <laughs> so and I know there are so many sort of generated names that yeah. aren't quite right I put it out on Twitter I'll just read you a couple obviously a Brian Lara cricket India's greatest ever cricketer Sachin Tendelki uh, <laughs> Chris says in the early days of Pro Evo the Brazil team was flanked by Roberto Larcos and Faku <laughs> and uh, and Ahmed says I can't remember the game there was a game I played in the 90s which had Derek Cantona in it to avoid copyright infringements there must be millions of there can't of be those. a Derek Cantona out there can there surely isn't a Derek Cantona with the Brazil team though I mean couldn't you just come up with a bunch of names it wouldn't have been that difficult would it I mean because you know you can always there are always names that sound like uh, Brazilian football sure. I'm sure we collected a bunch of those at well one Richard point. said old pro Evo had Rolando instead of Ronaldo. I love and, you, uh, Rolando. <laughs> and uh, in that motor racing game, Clayton says, I think it was Ayrton Send-Up. And, uh, just <laughs> oh, one Ayrton Send-Up's very good. One more is, uh, uh, D Daniel says, uh, um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on a game, TIS, I don't remember that game, um, Jimmy Floyd Hooterbenink. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, you won't need telling this has been a uh, tough year, tougher for uh, some uh, more than others. And we come up to Christmas, and there'll be some parents out there worrying how they can put a decent Christmas stocking together for their kids. Uh, with that in mind, uh, brothers and friends of the show, comedian uh, Paul Watson and the former manager of Pompeii, of Micronesia, he wrote a fine book on it on Pompeii, uh, his brother Paul, um, have come together uh, for Kitmas. Uh, they're going to tell us more about it. Good afternoon, guys. Hi. Good afternoon. Hello there. Hello, yeah. One on Hi, Skype. That's Mark, that's Mark in glorious Technicolor. Paul on the phone. Right. Mark on slight delay. Paul more so Paul can get in early. Yeah. But Mark, we can hear more clearly. That's, that's exciting well, about this. a fighting chance, you know, <laughs> given that he's a comedian for a living. And that's I'm, right. I'm just a normal bloke. If, Give me a if, shot. If you beat him to the funny line and he says it afterwards, that would be marvellous, <laughs> Paul. We'll kick <laughs> off. Sorry, Mark, I'm doing it to you already. Um, 
someone doing a man-to-man marking job on me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pulled back at corners. Yeah. So, Paul, I've kind of summed it up, but that's effectively it, isn't it? You want to you help out some kids out there that, that, that won't have the sort of Christmas stocking they maybe would have done uh, eight, nine months ago. And uh, there are other people out there that have unwanted kids' football kits. Maybe the kids have grown out of them. They were hardly worn. And so uh, let's put them in somebody else's hands. That was your thinking, you and Mark, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, basically, year-round, it's something that I do is, is send kit around the world, so send football stuff to all kinds of countries. Um, in the last couple of months, in Somalia, Ghana, Zanzibar, Kiribati in the Pacific. So it's something that I do, and then came to about a couple of weeks ago, and I had about 10 or 15 lovely, you know, good-quality football shirts in the garage, and they didn't have a, have a home set for them. So I um, started to think, you know, this year is going to be a really tough year for a lot of families, and thought... She was probably a need closer to home. What if we could, you know, find uh, community groups who work with families that are perhaps struggling to find Christmas presents for their kids and, and donate them there? And, you know, for me, a football shirt was always like the that made a Christmas if you got a football shirt. So it sort of struck to me that there, there are probably loads of kids out there who've outgrown shirts. And um, if they're like like me, you've probably got 15 or 20 shirts that never see the light of day. So so why not, you know, give these out to, to kids instead? And, I mean, you're so right there, you know, when you're sort of 10, 11, getting, getting a kit. Mm. Just get, it's just such a beautiful, you, it's just such an exciting thing. How's, Mark, how's it going? How much have, uh, are you, do you want to raise? And, and it's about raising money as well as, as donating kits, right? Yeah, because we realised that um, not everyone does have football shirts there, although that's quite an alien idea if you're a talk sport listener, I think. But there are some strange people out there who don't buy dozens of football shirts in their lives. Um so there's a GoFundMe page where you can just chip in money um, that, that Paul can use to buy these shirts. and But also, yeah, we're looking for donations. And on both fronts, it's been unbelievable. Um, our, our sort of aim was just to get about 100 shirts, I think. But we've got, well, Paul has been in a better position to, to tell you because they're all over his garage and house. We've <laughs> got no living space left. But we're in the several hundreds shirt-wise, I think. And the money is still going up. So it's been... It's very, very gratifying, but it's also, we've, we've created a monster for him. <laughs> Paul, what about um, the kind of quality? If there's some people out there saying, oh, yeah, my, my boys and my girls have got football shirts I don't wear anymore, they've grown out of, but they might be a little, they're not great quality, they're not bad. What, what are you thinking of sort of quality control-wise if, before you, you pass them on? Yeah, we, we have been quite exacting in our standards because obviously if they're going to be a christmas present for someone you know you, do, you don't want to have the sponsor label hanging off it and you know so we, we really are looking for stuff in in very good condition mm. ideally what i will say is if people send us stuff and we think it's not quite you know something we could give to a kid in the uk at christmas we will find a home for it you know i say as i say i think it absolutely everywhere and what might be great for a kid at Christmas is different to what a kid in, you know, Somalia would, would think about receiving a kit. So we'll, we'll find a home for literally everything, but ideally really good quality condition. And if no one, if people don't have that, they can um, obviously donate at uh, GoFundMe forward slash Kitmas. Um, and all the money on there is going towards buying new kits uh, for kids. And, and, and that, what's also nice about that actually is it allows us to buy um, kits that we we know are going to be sort of safe to distribute. So as in, we're not going to send a load of um, Liverpool kits to Manchester, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. That was so, my question. I was going to yeah, ask Mark, yeah. what happens if you get sent a Bristol Rovers <laughs> and, and you have to well, give it to... A... burn that. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, we obviously we don't want to be in a situation where we're actively making Christmas worse. <laughs> That's never gone with the aims. <laughs> and if it was a first kit, Mark, of course, if it was like a first kit for a kid and uh, the, the mum or dad had been putting pressure on their offspring to support Manchester United and the Liverpool kit turns up, it might it might be the start. It yeah. may they may never I mean, you know, we we're not suggesting you're gonna split families. But as you say, you're gonna have to think regionally, aren't you? Yeah, the, the more you talk about the potential dangers, the more it's obvious <laughs> what the consequences could be of playing God love this, actually. <laughs> we might have to have um, a bit like how you, you can't have a referee from within 50 miles or whatever it is. We might have to have a rule that you can't send a shirt to yeah anywhere that's a certain distance from the ground of a rival team. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, all hell could break out. There's been some trouble in Bristol with our sponsor, Bristol City sponsors, deliberately mail-bombing Rovers fans and stuff like that. And that's bad enough. We don't want to be part of that. It, a charity initiative that ends up splitting families, as you say, is, is perhaps not the festive thing we had in mind. <laughs> Paul, if any of our friends from the, the kit companies are listening this afternoon, uh, you know, from Umbro or Adidas or Nike or whatever, and uh, maybe they've got a, a warehouse full of stuff that the, 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 the kid sizes that they can't use, you're interested in hearing from them. You've got pretty good contacts with those sorts of guys anyway through, like I said, the work you've done around the world. Yeah, I mean, we're really, really keen to hear from kit manufacturers, uh, big retailers, and sport, uh, football clubs as well. Because yeah. um, obviously, so we've got community groups that we're working with around the country, and we're always keen to hear from, from more as well. We, we get requests every day, and we're trying to do the best we can. But, you know, we're, we've got kits going out to Liverpool, Glasgow, London, Bristol, Gloucester, um, a couple of others as well now, uh, probably Leeds, actually, hopefully as well. So... We're really Last year is from... one of the places where it could go wrong, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, one thing. So, so what we've what we've done generally is ask the community groups. You know, do you do you specifically work with a community? So in Glasgow, it's quite easy because it's a Celtic-based uh, group that we're working with. So we're not sending them any Rangers kits. It's very easy. But where it's um, for most places, we try and send them neutral kits. So mm. if I buy kits in, I'll buy Barca and Real Madrid because you're very unlikely to find the kind of person who would throw a, throw a pig's head at Figo is probably yeah. not going to be in this country. So so we, we tend to, when we buy up kits, that's the reason why the GoFundMe is quite useful. We can buy up kits that we know are absolutely safe. You know, yeah. any kid like have an England kit or a, a PSG kit or a Barca kit. Uh, whereas, yeah, any other English club side, we have to be a lot more uh, careful with where they end up. But but we'll find something, you know, even if it's, even if it's a, you know, we have to find specifically a supporters group who work with food banks or something for that club we, we will find a home for everything good um this, yeah carry on this catchphrase of we'll find a home for everything is why he doesn't have any garage space anymore why <laughs> <laughs> rapidly running out of places to put their cutlery yeah um mark I want to ask about bristol city you're third in your third in the championship you're starting to believe yet um no like like most fans of all clubs i um I don't really start believing uh, until about April, if at all. Um, but I've, I've got to say, it's been an awful lot better than uh, a lot of people predicted. There was um, a lot of dissatisfaction over the summer. Dean Holden was a risky appointment. And um, there was a sense he was being set up to fail almost straight away. But it's been great. I've been watching, I've watched most of the games um, online. And uh, I've got to say, there's been some, some ugly stuff. The phrase ground out a win has come up. <laughs> Uh, most weeks <laughs> it's not been pretty but um, there's some steel in the team and I think when you look at all the other teams at the top there like Norwich Bournemouth, they're basically all Premiership or Premier League setups so um, we're punching above our weight I think I'm very pleased I mean it's Watford tonight so um, 
in 24 hours, I'll be back to grumpy again. <laughs> Paul, you know, we've, we've spent to you for years, but I, I, are you a, a Bristol City fan as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, right. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had any choice with, with no, Mark coming first. That's true. So, um, I just wonder, could yeah. you often get a, kind of a rebellion, the sort of younger brother rebellion <laughs> that goes on now and again? But you've, 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 you've slotted into line. I would have yeah, crushed no, that. There was never, <laughs> a, never a phase where I sort of started belligerently supporting Rovers. I mean, to yeah. be fair... That's, that's sort of shooting yourself in the foot, isn't it? There's rebellion and there's, there's that. <laughs> yeah, mind you, um, in a way, both of us are rebels against the old man because he's he's a Bournemouth fan because he oh, wow. uh, grew up there. And if we'd stuck with him, we would have ended up with a lot more time in the top flight overall. <laughs> yeah. But when we were when we were kids, we pitied him for being a Bournemouth fan. It's incredible. Time <laughs> can prove you wrong, isn't it? He had the last laugh. Paul, finally, tell us uh, how people can help. Where, where do they need to get in touch? So the, the best way is probably just straight to the, the GoFundMe because that, that also has the details I had to donate as well. So GoFundMe.com forward slash Kitmas, K-I-T-M-A-S. But also you can get hold of me at, on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter uh, at Paul underscore C underscore Watson. Uh, and Mark is at Watson Comedian on there. But uh, you probably already follow Watson so, yeah. Comedian because some bloke got Mark Watson on Twitter before I got on there, unfortunately. Oh, dear. oh well, that's it. Can I, I just say, yeah. I did donate some money, but yeah. I, I thought the box for to make it anonymous was on the next page. Oh. So I clicked it through, and it's a bit like, you know, when Larry David buys the hospital wing and someone else does it anonymously. It's your name I wanted it? it to be anonymous, and now I've tweeted out the link. It's not just so people look at it and see that I've made a donation. Yeah, but you say that. It's so easy to backtrack at this point, trying not to make yourself look good. <laughs> At the moment, I am currently getting all the shirts with Rushton on the back that you funded. <laughs> there, so there is no place for them. Yeah. <laughs> there will be I'm, stickers. I'm going to tweet, uh, thank you for your donation and say exactly how much it was to the pandemic. <laughs> Surely you can do better than that, they'll say, on your money. You've worked for 13 days solid. <laughs> You're right. Fantastic. Uh, boys, uh, thanks ever so Cheers, much. Boys. It's a great idea. Well done. And uh, we hope you get a response from uh, from this. And uh, have a good Christmas. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. On the subject of made-up names off the back of uh, Zlatan and Gareth Bale not being particularly happy with FIFA, apparently, over uh, image rights, uh, you've come up with some corking yeah. made-up names, uh, haven't Jim they? Jim says... Uh, Nigel Sponk in sense of could have been worse. S P O N K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, with Fraser you. says, um, <laughs> in Michael Owen's World League Soccer 99, Mark Overmars became, after surely hours of meetings in the creative department, known as Mark Over Saturn. Really? Um, uh, uh, got a good one here from Rory in Belfast. Northern Ireland legend Steve Davis was known as Snake Derrick in Pro Evo Soccer <laughs> back like in a, the day. A wrestler. Stoke City on, on Pro Evo, says Kim, used to be called Saint Red. I don't know where to start with that one. And Sensible Soccer, Neil, says they had Brian Eclair, which is good, isn't it? And uh, uh, Thomas says, on the old championship manager, you could change player details. I made the world's top players Welsh and moved them to Bournemouth. In those days, the youth teams were generated from the senior squad names, led to players like Alessandro Jenkins and Gethin Zidane, dominating <laughs> the under-21 scene. Yeah, it's not just football. Uh, Nick from Halifax said in uh, Pro Rugby, there was Storm Edwards, Charlie Afire and Emery Hanley. <laughs> Dick Emery Hanley. <laughs> They're not even making an effort with Emery Hanley, are they? Um, really we good. play a golf game on the Sega Mega Drive, oh, right. uh, says Billy from Cheltenham, and you could name your golfer. We often had uh, Lemhard Banger and <laughs> Fick Naldo. <laughs> Have to watch some of these. You do, yeah. Talksport.com, yeah. text 8 to 89, tweet it's TSHJ. A, it's a proofreading text it, topic, it isn't certainly it? Is. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. We read with interest uh, yesterday, actually, Andy passed this on to us, but uh, it, this is about a guy called Thomas Panic. Uh, he is a runner, he's also uh, blind, and he has invented something that could re- revolutionise uh, uh, the world of uh, running for. At blind people. So there was only one man to turn to as we talk about this and then look at the level of excitement. This is the first blind man or first person in the world to have completed the ultimate endurance challenge of seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Wow. He's a long-standing friend of the show. He's a West Brom fan. He is now an OBE as well. We haven't spoken to him since uh, that was awarded, I don't think, although I think we, we, we congratulate him on air. Um, blind Dave Healy. Dave, congratulations. Well done. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, can I say that's the first time I've been announced that way, actually, as well. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So on... Um, on Hawksby and Jacobs, I've been announced as. It's been, it's absolutely wonderful. The kids have got a different name for me. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's old big head, isn't it? It's one of the... <laughs> no, old blind idiot. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but great. But hello, Max. Hi, um, mate, how are you? Nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, nice uh, to meet you, congratulations. Well, uh, I tell you what, I've heard you on so many um, yeah, it's just programs. Sick of the sound of him, aren't you? <laughs> I'm talking to a superstar. <laughs> well, not sure the James Milner or John O'Shea of TalkSport. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it, uh, that's it. So, Dave, when, when, what's the story now? I mean, when will you go to the palace? Have they given you any details? Yeah, I mean, it was only last month, wasn't it? No, we... 
Uh, we've had a letter from a uh, local lieutenant and uh, obviously will be on, mm. but obviously it all depends on what happens with, with COVID. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing like everybody else, if a normal sort of situation arrives, it could be early next year. But personally, I'm thinking it could be more like May, June, but hey-ho, who knows? But... You know, it'll, it'll certainly be a nice day to, oh. to go down. It'll be fantastic. Lovely for you and your family, absolutely. It'd be nice oh, yeah. if you got a questionnaire saying which royal you'd like to give you the yeah, award. Yeah, do they give you, know, you, they give you a pick? Is it A? Is it like blind date? <laughs> <laughs> is it contestant oh, A? Blind date. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I mean, you'd probably look, I mean, I, I, you don't, I, I don't want you to say this, case it isn't the Queen. I mean, don't tell us your favourite, because if it isn't, the last thing you want is going up and Prince Charles said, yeah, sorry, I'm not the Queen, Dave. I heard you on talk sport. You don't want that going on, do you? No, no. Well, I've met a few of them over the years, mm. and, uh, you know, it'd just be lovely to to, to, to have uh, any of them. I mean, the Queen would be special, seriously. Yeah, of course. Prince Philip, obviously, he's now retired. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Boy could be. Uh, who knows? Yeah. It could be Will, couldn't it? You know, It could be Olivia Coleman. I mean, if, <laughs> if it's... <laughs> to get the cast of the crown doing it in the end. So, Dave, let's have a chat about this, because yeah. I want to talk a bit of Albion with you, a bit of West Brom. But let's have a talk about Project Guideline. As we said, you've probably heard or read about this. It's yeah. an incredible thing. I mean, look, it still needs work. He does admit, but basically he was in tears when he finished his first... He said it was the first time he'd ever felt free. No dog, no guide runner. You've done most yeah. of your uh, uh, huge uh, kind of epic runs with, yeah. with guide runners. and you've re- uh, So this, this is amazing, potentially. This, this is fantastic for you, isn't it? Do you know what? It's incredible, Paul. Um, I mean, yeah, as you say, it's the start. Uh, and I mean, for Thomas to actually, I mean, I've, I've done the New York Marathon, so I've obviously run through Central Park. And obviously with Central Park, I can remember that a lot of the footpaths are undulating, but they're quite level. So, and, I, and I, uh, from what the information Jamie sent me, uh, and the kids have read it to me, I believe you follow uh, like a painted line at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, your phone on a belt, earphones on your cheeks, uh, with the, the various noises to move left and right, which is brilliant. Uh, so to do a 5K unaided, yeah. oh, I tell you what, must have been absolutely incredible for yeah. him. I mean, what a like, start. Yeah, what, is, what would it mean to you? Like he's saying to, be, to feel free, what would that mean to you? Um, <coughs> I suppose... Because I've been running so long, Max, to be fair. Uh, I mean, I've got two of my major guides at the moment, um, Tony and Rosemary. And I've got to say it this way. When I'm running with them, I don't feel like a blind person anyway because we're tied at the wrist. They give me two foot of space or they'll pull me in. But we're always rabbiting. Yeah. you know, we're, we're running and they're pulling me, pushing me, telling me left and right and stop. So uh, over the years, I guess... I've treated it, if you want to, as a kind of freedom. But, I mean, to have something like this on your body Mm. and to actually walk out of the house and run up the street and to be able to do it unaided... Uh, would be incredible. It yeah. really would. And it just to have that option. I mean, you said yeah. these people are your friends, and you love having a, a jabber yes. with them and having a run. Yes. But just to say, I fancy going to do a five k. I haven't got yeah. to rely on anybody else. I can just go out and do it. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, th- there's a few pitfalls with it at this moment in time. Obviously, mm. you know, I mean, let's face it. From from oak trees, you know, we've got to start from an acorn. But it started. But um, I mean, 
where we run and train at the moment, we're around a park and there's a there's a, a boating pool. We then run down Samwell Valley and there's a lot of off-road and there's a couple of lakes. We then down some tarmac paths and then we go along the canals, etc. It could prove very interesting at the moment without that painted line. Yeah. But let's put it this way, Paul, technology is moving on so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I reckon within months, maybe the end of next year, they're going to have something in place. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll utilise satellites, um, you know, some sort of tracking. And, and I, I reckon that they're going to find um, such as hard things like trees, etc., and gates and, and obviously people. Uh, it, it's going to be sorted, isn't it? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is, this is the start, but it is very exciting. Definitely. Before we let you go, Dave, uh, yeah. West Brom, tough start for Slaven. Are you keeping the faith? Yes, I am. I am. Um, I mean, I'm always a believer. I'm always a positive. I keep saying it. I know we've only got three points. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the uh, Fulham game. Well, more than disappointed. Mm. But, I mean, against your lot, Tottenham, Paul, we put up a good shot. We did, yeah. Um, and I was gutted at 88 minutes. I was gutted. We don't deserve that. Um, and, and I wish Harry Kane had a fell over. Uh, <laughs> and on Sunday, I mean, against United... Oh, I mean, Paul, we keep saying it, and, and people do keep saying it. When are the referees going to give the smaller teams a rub of the green? And as for VAR, well, I know where I'd like to put that. <laughs> and it ain't on the belt running round a park. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the downside of technology. <laughs> Dave, we're out of time. Congratulations again on the OBE. We'll, we'll catch up with you soon, and, uh, yeah, all the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, they certainly were in February 2008, as we've mentioned before. A set of old dusty mini discs found in the corner of uh, an office when we moved have now been digitised by one of our top team. So here we are, a chance to uh, enjoy them from the vault. I've not, not heard them since. Max probably never heard them at no, all. No, I just feel it's such an honour. Yeah, well, this is doing the clips is an honour, you know, oh, honoured. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that okay. facetiously either, Paul. <laughs> Even though you don't believe me. I can me. never You're tell. Just looking at the spot on my forehead, aren't you? Well, I'm just mesmerised by it. <laughs> so it hypnotises me. So uh, anyway, we'll kick you off and we start with Mike Parry and Andy Townsend talking about a classic sitcom on the buses, funnily enough. Hey, and by the way, Beaky's name was Stephen Lewis. Uh, Blakey. Blakey! Yeah. <laughs> Beaky. <laughs> Beaky from On The Buses. Beaky would have done quite a fine job on yes. the buses. Uh, this is James Whale taking a call. Fred in Huddersfield. Let me just take one more call. Fred, you're on the air, Fred. Hello. Hello, Fred. Yes, Fred. Uh, no, I'm James. You're Fred. Oh, I'm Jet, yeah. No, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> often, often they'd come on, they've had a few at that time of night, really, old Fred. Not a lot of patience from James. Fred. Fred. Oh, James. I may be around 2008 was when I, I, I took over from James. Yeah. Uh, for a you few did some weeks. shows, that's yeah. right. And then, he, and then he got the elbow, and then I was there just getting text messages from people going, Where's James, you parasites? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you're, you're not still getting them, are you? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Here's the caller to Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues with a fascinating story. Back last year, a mate of mine said to me, he said, back in Bristol, he said, there's a second-hand shop with this aluminium centre pin. So I went in and I said to a bloke, like, how much do you want for that? He said, like, £2.50. And I'll tell you what, Keith, I took it home, took the drum off, like, um, Vaseline debt, it spins like a tree, and I think it's an old cock. Really? <laughs> all cock. He said all cock. <laughs> 
As in, yeah, you get the idea. That's that's fisherman's it. Blues. It's, yeah. it's very similar now, isn't it? The evolution think, of Fisherman's yeah, Blues. Yeah. Is, <laughs> it's not moved a great well, deal. Well, it's about... It's, the fishing hasn't majorly changed. It's still... The equipment's got slightly more technical. You're but absolutely right to mount that stern defence of it's fishing. It's the same sport right. that Isaac Newton indulged in. It's fake or others. Isaac Newton? What are yeah. about Isaac Walton? I'm, I'm, I'm creating clips of the week as I go. I didn't... I just bowed to your yeah. greater knowledge. Isaac Walton, that's I do apologise. Sorry, all you fishermen. He's a keen angler. Yeah. Mainly carp. Oh, Isaac Newton, Newton, he'd love it. That's he was fishing that day. Absolutely. He had uh, lunch and meat on a pole oh, and he got so. it on the head with an apple. <laughs> Here is Baker Others, uh, Mike Mendoza, with a clip that is very hard to explain, but for some reason still very funny. OK, it's time to say a very good morning to Faye. Good morning. Morning, Mike. Oh, nice to see you. Yes, you too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, clearly Faye was moving the mic, or was she? I <laughs> <Tell> mean... <laughs> Should we, should we just again. Should we have that one, <laughs> one more time for jazz? Here we go. Okay, it's time to say a very good morning to Faye. Good morning. Morning, Mike. Oh, nice to see you. Yes, you too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's the apology, isn't it's, it? It's, it's just, and from there on, whenever you're in that Ronnie O'Sullivan situation, when you say, pull my finger, you say, oh, sorry about that. I was just, I was just moving the mic oh, dear. in the faker others' style. That's oh. great. Uh, anyway, um, back to Mr. Parry, again with a competition question. Very famous rapper, this guy from the US, says he wants to concentrate on his acting career. Who is he? Um, would that be... Um... Kanye West. Tanya West. Kanye West. Tanya West. <laughs> no, Kanye West. Still, uh, it's great, isn't it? Tanya West. Who's Tanya West? It could be anybody, couldn't it? Uh, this is the moose with the sports news. In rugby union, the Italian flanker Mauro Bergamasco has been given a 13-week ban for gorging. I think you'll find you've been given a 13-week ban for gorging, moose. Not him. Uh, and similarly, here's a caller to Mike Parry on the subject of bad tackling <laughs> they would never get away with what they do now mm. you just cannot go in from behind you know you you see some of this and it makes me want to winch <laughs> you got your own winch <laughs> like a block, I just, a I just block need to be tackle. 20 yards higher no, I yeah. just need to be raised it makes, <laughs> makes, it you makes me want to winch round and round yeah 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 oh, anyway um, late night host George Ganaway now with a shock revelation <clears throat> uh, no offence George but you are the greatest pensioner if you're old enough to be one <laughs> thanks a lot Steve it'll be a long time before I'm a pensioner my dear I'm up like a broom handle in the mornings yeah, too much detail. <laughs> Thank you, George. Okay, touch then, George. Too, touch too much uh, detail. Uh, speaking of late nights, it's Alan Brazil, and something about this clip makes me think uh, he may have just come straight from one. Kev, has it been difficult the last few days to keep your guys on their metal, on their toes? Come on. Oh, yeah, familiar. The familiar sound of the old days of Alan. You know, I do apologise. Do you think that was the role? Was, was that the moment? Because some of these old clips, he sounded very clear. And that maybe was yeah, the, the, that time, was, the day it turned to... That was kind of where he, he, he got in at ten past six and went, Marning. <laughs> the first noise that he <laughs> utters is on air. I you think know. that's a sign of a great pro, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, staying with Al here, he is taking a call from what might be the poshest caller ever on TalkSport. Hello, Alan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, morning I haven't Jay. heard anyone talk about, um, you know, hearing the hurricane from Harrogate, just off Goldbarth Road. It was exactly 12.58 when James Whale had finished. 
There's your talk sport heartland. <laughs> There's your demographic, if uh, the good people at Horse and Hound are listening. It's a whole new world of advertising options, isn't Absolutely it? Listen, right. Just play that clip. Play that. We'll have them all. We'll get them all. Rank, uh, Land Rover the lot. Anyway, another caller now. Uh, this one to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend, who had asked people to call in with their best jokes. First joke is um, <laughs> they're making a, a, a musical about a cowboy builder. Mm-hmm. It's called Roofer on the Fiddle. Roofer on the fiddle, thank you. Yes, Good man. Like it, Good man. Like the second joke is, which because uh, all all those comedians, Tommy Cooper, uh, Monkhouse, and Max Bygraves, yeah. they're all influenced by Max Miller. Yes, right. yeah. my idol is Max Miller. Right. Although uh, Tommy Cooper's great, but he's kind of he's a a protege of. Right. Tommy, they're kicking off in about half hour. Yes, right. anyway, carry on anyway. Uh, what, which which comedian was named after a monastery? And which comedian was born near a cemetery? Go on, tell us. Well, Bob Monkhouse was named after a monastery. Right. And Max Bygraves. Bygraves. There you go. Yeah, wouldn't open with it. Uh, the uh, wow. only thing he slightly killed it by mentioning those. If we're going to workshop that, which seems daft because it's two thousand and eight, but he'd mentioned those two already, which kind of took away the shock uh, aspect. And fancy being heckled by Andy Townsend at a comedy gig, they're kicking off. That was and the off best line there. of all of it. It wasn't was. It? it was the funniest thing in um, there. Uh, finally, back to football. Mike Parry <clears throat> looking ahead to an England game. I'm not making a prediction tonight for that very reason, except to say that I think England will win three 0 That's classic Parry. Classic Parry. There we are. So, I hope you enjoyed those. We certainly did. Oh, I mean, the Carruthers yeah. one is marvellous. That's a corker. Oh, That's really a corker. We'll one. play that to Faye at some point when we see her again. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. On Monday, we brought you the new uh, game show, Cruyff or Binny. We took a couple of the old shoot magazine in-focus questionnaires and uh, we set Max ten questions because generally the questions were the same for all players. didn't matter whether they were at the... The top of the footballing food chain. Not at all, no. Or not. They're all um, just people, aren't they? They're all just people. They're all just people, Jeff. So you have to make a value judgment on basically uh, the questions that were put to that person. Did Cruyff answer uh, or did uh, Fred Binney in this case? Yesterday he brought us uh, Carl Roger Hunter Gibbons and Carl Hunter Rimminigan. That's right. Another great success. So we move it on uh, this afternoon. I'm yet to be stopped on the streets to be asked about. People aren't stopping me on the street to ask me about Cruyff or Binny, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't crack on. You've taken it to the next level. I have taken it to the next level because, because of course, with uh, the focus on uh, section of shoot, players would often do it more than once. Ah, okay. So what we find ourselves uh, confronted with this afternoon is Terry McDermott or Terry McDermott. One Kenneth Dalgleish, right, right. In uh, 1972, as a young Dalgleish. Celtic yeah, player, yeah. and then the slightly older, more experienced Kenneth Dalgleish. Yes, uh, in 1979 when he oh, was at Liverpool. Okay, so we're right. playing this afternoon uh, as a first Dalgleish versus oh, Dalgleish. Fantastic! So it's your job to see how much Kenny had changed and yes. what had changed in his life. Okay, in that uh, heady seven-year <coughs> period where he, where he, he won and did so oh, much, was a life-changing time for him, wasn't it? It certainly okay, was. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll. Uh, Kick you off yes. with a nice easy one, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully one out of one. Mm-hmm. And f- full name, Kenneth Dalgleish. There is one of these I should point out where there was no change. Right. This right. might be it. I don't know. I was you might to say. Think. Suddenly I'm like I'm slightly torn on that question, but since you told me, I. Yeah, so. I go plump for. So you, can I, do I have to guess yeah, one? You of can the guess. Years? Yeah. I'll go 72. It was 72, so there was no change on that one. From Excellent. now on, I want you to tell me whether this was old Kenny or young Kenny. Although old, old or young Kenny. Old right. or young Kenny. Okay. <laughs> That's right. right. I'm with you, okay. 
So, um, uh, we, his car, mm-hmm. um, the Colt Sapporo, the Mitsubishi wow. Colt Sapporo. It's not an area of expertise for me. I, I'd apply to, you know when Top Gear said, send your 30-second videos in? Yeah. I sent one in because I was banned from the BBC for driving, for crashing so many of their radio cars. And in fact, um, I had to move a speed awareness course to just be here today, yeah, didn't I? The, you know, 26, and a, 26 and a 20. Not a, not a terrible yeah. crime. My first ever crime as well, by the way. Sure. Um, well, then you're prepared to... Admit to <laughs> no, honestly, I'm so Apart square. from the bank job. Yeah. Um, so I, was Mr. Who was driving the, the... I think he was driving that in 1979. So you're saying old Kenny? I'm saying... Well, new Kenny. Old Kenny. Old, old Kenny. Now old you're saying Kenny, old Kenny. Because yes. young Kenny. Kenny would have been yeah. Uh, yeah, Justin Moore. Yeah, like that, yes. Old um, Kenny. Okay. So, uh, old Kenny, you're spot on. Excellent. Because young Kenny, at that point in 1972... What was he in? Didn't have a car. Oh, Kenny. Those yeah. are the days, Don't eh? have one, he said as a young boy. At, uh, I don't know how he got around. He got, obviously got the bus. Probably. So you're right, old Kenny, the Mitsubishi Colt Sapporo was a kind of saloon, quite sporty looking well, in his okay. own, a bit boxy. Yeah. I, I, doubt if he still, I doubt if he's still got it, put it that way. Oh, thanks for the uh, extra detail on the yeah. Mitsubishi. Uh, fave food. Right. Now, the fave food of young Kenny mm-hmm. or old Kenny, yeah. um, homemade soup. Was that old Kenny or young Kenny? I think that's young Kenny. He doesn't have a car, he's still at home, and I think, you know... <laughs> Mama Dalglish makes homemade soup. But by 79, he'd moved on to steak and chips. Okay, well, that's interesting. Listeners, what do you think? Old Kenny, young Kenny. Have a go. Go on. Yeah, I think you've probably worked it out just like um, Max did. It was young Kenny. Homemade soup. Um, really, basically, anything cooked by my wife oh, okay. uh, is what he said, right. getting on the right side of Marine okay. by 1979. Right, okay. So, you're right, you've got two out of two so far. Mm. Fave other team. Mm, um, okay. did, did young Kenny or old Kenny say Manchester United? <laughs> He really did say serious. that. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I can say, unless I, he was know, on a real wind up. I really I expect like you to get this. I like, I like the, uh, you know, I like the young, the '72 vintage of Kenny Dalglish, because I believe that by '79 he was, he was. I don't think he'd have gone there. <laughs> I, think, I, I think those seven years might have changed that view. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Little did he know he was going to Liverpool uh, afterwards. But yeah, it, at that time, young Kenny oh, was a big fan of Manchester United. Right. By 79, Celtic were his yes, favourite of the team. But you're doing very fair. well in this one. You, the two yeah. Kennys, you, this mm. is very good. I'm um, much more of a single man player in this game. Yeah. I find once you add a different player it just affects me but I like the fact you're weighing up you're going, you're going through the same thought process I did as I put it together mm-hmm. actors uh, young Kenny or old Kenny who's right. uh, Leonard Rossiter uh, Leonard Rossiter was a favourite of young Kenny or old okay. Kenny is that, is that Rising Damp that's right oh, okay, yeah. Rising right, Damp okay, and yeah. Reggie Perry oh, Reggie uh, Perry great actor great, great actor. actor young Kenny or old Kenny oh, favoured them I reckon I reckon Rossiter wasn't really hitting his stride until the late 70s so so I'm basing that on not a lot yeah um, well, well you're wrong because I mean Rising Damp was around that time or <laughs> okay. maybe slightly but it doesn't matter no, no I'm, I'm going, going to 1979 Kenny old Kenny old, absolutely yeah. right young Kenny preferred the work of Paul Newman and mm. Donald Sutherland but I suppose again <laughs> if you follow the thought process he had kids by then he was going out less yeah, true. So you would have watched true. more telly and, and less time to go with the pictures. Yeah. Ian says, I miss Crowford <laughs> Binny dearly. I I, um, I must admit, I'm struggling with old Kenny yeah. being more recent than young Kenny. Well, he was an older man. I, yeah, I understand. He him, was an still, older man. Every time I have to answer, I have to really check myself. Okay, well, did the young <laughs> Kenny yeah, okay. uh, dislikes... Yeah. Uh, did young Kenny or old Kenny yeah. say this? Uh, dislikes 
It's quite a weird one. Publicity, people recognising me in the street. Um, Who had more of a problem with that? Kenny in 79 or Kenny in 72? He'd have had a bit of that in 72, wouldn't he? You know, um, I was going to say small fish in a... No, I don't mean that. I'll get in trouble. Glasgow, mate. That's a small pond. pond. A big pond. Um, The Scottish (laughs) transmitter's got incredibly quiet for some reason, the Glasgow Uh, transmitter. Equally, I love Celtic and Rangers equally. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. I think uh, old... I think... I think... Old Kenny. Old Kenny by that stage would have had enough. No, it was young Kenny. Oh, really? <clears throat> he there was being are. stopped in the streets of Glasgow and publicity, he said he didn't like people talking about him. Well, he was quite reticent, always was, wasn't he, really? What didn't, didn't he like he in 79? He didn't hog the limelight. Um, losing and smoking. Ah, well. Not, yeah, <laughs> that's, he'd moved on from that. But you're Fair doing, enough. Yeah, that one was wrong. Um, likes. What did, uh, what did um, uh, was it old Kenny or young Kenny who loved pop music and clothes? <laughs> Pop music slash clothes. Ah, 72. That's young Kenny. That is young Kenny because uh, by then, uh, old Kenny was moved. Golf and my family. (laughs) You can see, you can watch a man. (laughs) It's it's nice, isn't it? You can just see how his priorities have changed in life. I completely agree. Absolutely. So well done. Presumably he still had clothes in 1979. Is weight uh, 11 stone 7 pounds? Was that that the weight of young Kenny or old Kenny? That's a great question. (laughs) I I looked at weight on Gibbons or... Yeah. Or, or Karl Heinz Rummenigge. Does that so, sound to you, a man so who's yeah, 11, put a bit on or lost a bit? So since 11 he was, stone 7. 11 stone 7. He wasn't the tallest, was he? Was that wish. his fighting weight in 79 or 72? Listeners, I, I think 79. I'm going to say 79. But nothing better to do. You're spot on. Mm. Yeah, he was He was 11 He was 11 2 oh, in really? 72. So he'd put a bit on. He'd bu- Five I suppose kilos. in the weights room. To be honest, though. Like, Ronnie Moran. And, if you're only putting on one ki- less than one kilo a year... That's probably okay, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good going. Um, singers, um, whose favourite? Uh, what? Which version of Kenny was uh, the favourite singers? Let's have a listen to this. Saturday night at the movies, you see. Yeah, Drifters. This is, and this is young. This is young Kenny. You think? Yeah, by by seventy nine, it'd be a bit of I don't know, a bit of T Rex or something in there. Well, you're right. It is young Kenny. Drifters and Dean Martin, okay. he said in 1972. Um, yep. Barbara Streisand, he'd moved on to by then. Right, he more. They were having dinner parties, <laughs> yeah, I think, at, at, at Shea uh, <laughs> Dalgleish. And they put a bit of Babs on. Mm. But you're doing very well at this. You've got most of them right. I think you've only got about two wrong. And finally, you'll be pleased, dear listeners, uh, the person you would most like to meet, was it old Kenny or young Kenny, mm-hmm. um, who said Dennis Law? <laughs> it's hard to believe, isn't it? That either at that stage, I mean, like, go on, just give us well, your answer. Yeah, yeah. Don't give it away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul. As David says, I'm surprised Kenny or Kenny wasn't a Max Rushton creation. I don't think he means that as a compliment no, to you, there, Paul. I don't think he I does. say young Kenny again. You're right, yeah. it, because I, I don't think by 1979... Might have, they might have crossed paths. I think they would have crossed paths somewhere. But it was young Kenny at that stage. Okay. Young Kenny had never met Dennis Law. Now, by 1979, he said, eh, whoever is presenting future trophies. He had, oh, he had a bit of a smart okay. answer. Yeah, did, that's a smart did, answer, isn't it? Yeah. So Gianni and Fantino. That's why I want to meet whoever's... Yeah. Whichever <laughs> suit has got loads of money and is just standing on the plinth, and even though they don't deserve to be there. But I think you got sort of seven out of ten. Oh. So you, you I'm know, a bit you, disappointed you didn't count. Exactly. It's not about it's not about the, no, it's the, the winning, it's part. the taking part. So, so is my job are. now is to take that quiz to the next level. I don't know where you can take well, it after you've well, done Dalgleish versus Dalgleish. Do you trust 
me with 10 minutes of your show. Yeah. Well, I, I, not really. Okay. But we'll, we'll give it a crack. Okay, fine. We'll give it a crack. So well, there I we are. I know where was, I stand. That was today's... I mean, <laughs> you know, really, most game shows don't have to evolve every day. No, they don't. No, Tipping well, point. What would that be? What Ben Shepard had to go in every morning and reinvent the game. I've got hexagons, everybody. Oh, Ben, come on, forget it. Fantastic, wouldn't it? Bradley has to go in every day. I can't do this. We do about... 200 of these a year. I cannot develop it. Richard Osman saying it can't be I done. I reckon Osman could probably do it. He probably so could. Talented, if you set yeah. Richard Osman the challenge of making it a fresh game every day, he's the only man who could do it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Six is cricket is the brainchild of uh, former Middlesex wicketkeeper uh, David Nash and uh, his brother Glenn. Good afternoon, guys. Hi, you actually got Melissa, Glenn and David are just making their way to me now. David's here now. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Who's Melissa? Is she involved? Oh, yeah, is in Melissa, you involved, <laughs> Melissa? Have you had. Oh, okay, fair enough. She's just stolen the phone. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I'm quite happy for Melissa to talk <laughs> us through it. No, whoever it is. Well, they're all out together, and that's what happens when you go to this bar. You can meet many people, yeah. people well, you don't know. I, like I know Melissa already. <laughs> Absolutely right. Was David She's on, on the toilet? Melissa, <laughs> Melissa's an off spinner, and uh, he's got a great record played for Surrey for many years. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, she could have done. He's probably getting his gloves off. And just pulling on his innards. So uh, I, I've got no idea. So anyway, that was that was not quite what we were expecting. Great, wasn't it? Fantastic. Well, look, always lovely to speak to Melissa. Well, I really loved always that. Always gave us a lot of insight. Didn't always she? a joy. Can I mean, Melissa on the other she end? She seemed in an incredible hurry to get off the phone. <laughs> a real panicking. Going, yeah. Why am I the wrong time to steal the phone? Maybe it? she thinks it's a bad idea. And was going to give her an absolute coating. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. I see Melissa getting her own spin-off series, right. don't you? She really brought the show. I mean, she just brought it all to life. She I thought did. we were both flagging and I, she I just I, tore I, it up. I would have looked back at the show as a two out of ten unless Melissa had come on <laughs> and just really given it a bit of a lift. But uh, there we are. So uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Max is alongside me. Uh, for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.